the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have you ever thought, well, you know, the beast is probably some atheistic power that will rise at the end of time that will get Christians, you know, to bow their knee and say, I worship nothing. I mean, you can see a lot of these fly-by-night films that are trying to say that, but that's not what the Bible is teaching. That's Pastor Michael Oxentanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Previous messages are archived there along with the actual live broadcast at the time it happens. And we hope that you'll join us. Again, remember that phone number. It's 888-244-HOPE. Let's get underway with today's broadcast entitled The 666-FIX. And here now is our pastor teacher, Mike Loxentanko. Dear Father God, as some of our congregation are slipping out in the midst of the sermon to go out to the foyer and be a part of this prayer vigil this weekend, that's okay. We thank you that in Jesus Christ we can do that. That there are times when our congregation is called to get on its knees and move forward that way. And so Father, as my friend Dwight Nelson would say, forward on your knees. That's what we're about here. Lord, we have sought you by faith. We thank you for the grace of Jesus. And Father, I would rather be following the pillar of fire and cloud than to sell my soul and sell the faith that you've given us as a people for an easy option. Oh God, protect our congregation. Keep everyone confident in Jesus. And Lord, you know the challenges we're facing are very, very strong, but you have met every single challenge through the hearts and the love that you've poured in the hearts of this congregation. Lord, I believe that will be the case even now. So we thank you and we give glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, This week, we experienced a date that has raised the hair on the back of the heads of a lot of people. Isn't that right? June 6, 2006, or more simply, 06-06-06 minus the zeros, 666. Isn't that the date? Now, Hollywood saw fit to release the remake of Damien, you know, the Hollywood version of the Antichrist, born of the work of the devil, rises through a great political leader's influence to become the Antichrist who brings about the Battle of Armageddon. Don't go watch the movie. You don't have to watch the movie know what it's about. Read the review or something, but don't go watch it. Ann Coulter waited to release her book on the same date the movie came out. It's called Godless, The Church of Liberalism. Of course, the assumption is is that somehow liberalism is 666, the Antichrist. The interest rates in the financial markets settled to 6.66% on 666. Now, how do you like that? Now, bring it a little closer to home. Ron Rova. Ron, you're in the back there. Raise your hand high. 
Ron Rova's a daddy, and 666 here, unfortunately, had something to do with the birth of his son. But we're going to talk about that because he's given me a chance to talk about it. And Ron, I hope I handle it well. On June 6, 2006, Jonathan Rova was born to Mama and Papa. Yes, proud Papa on that day. But when I got to the hospital, I noticed there was a nervous twitch in his eye. It's a fact. I could tell as I arrived at the hospital that little Jonathan's dad was a little bit rattled. You see, some well-meaning friends tried to persuade them to move the C-section date to the day before or the day after. And he said, Pastor Mike, could you kind of speak to this? So I'm actually preaching the sermon today in part because Ron has exhorted me to preach this sermon. Ron, it's going to be okay, okay? At the hospital, Ron encouraged me to preach on this topic. Now, you're looking at that beautiful picture. Let's give, let's give it some applause for Jonathan Rova, his birth into our church here. The name Jonathan means in Hebrew, given of God. And Ron, he is a gift of God to your entire family. And I'd like to say something else. Standing beside Ron is that wonderful brother of his who was right there with him to support him, a man of character in our midst. And Bob, I, I just want to thank you for your godly witness here at Reaching Hearts. I see your brother standing with you back there. Thank you. <clears throat> of a personal note, though, my dentist discovered that I had some cavities last week, and he chose to drill on 666. Now, I think his appointments were few on that day, and so it turned out that I was one of the only ones there. They put me on the couch, and as they put me on the couch, sure enough, they put the Novocaine in, it didn't work. You know, when they're drilling, they go, and you see the smoke coming out because you have hard teeth. That's what was happening. I was rattled. So he pumped me with three times the Novocaine until it started to work. And for three hours, he took half my tooth out, put a porcelain inlay in. It was really severe work. And I'll tell you, even though Dr. Weaver is a very good orthodontist and oral surgeon, for one nervous moment as he was sticking that thing toward my head in my mouth, I wondered if he was not the Antichrist. It was the 666 fix. It, well, I have good teeth. They feel great, so it worked. Isn't it something how our culture for one week was focusing on a day, on a single day as the mark of the beast? Isn't that amazing? Now, the day before 666, I was studying my Bible, and I had a discovery that I want to share with you today. It's going to take some Bible study. How many of you are willing to get your Bibles out, to really get into them, and not have a quick fix but to have a 666 fix where you really figure it out. You want to do that? Revelation 13, verse 11. Then I saw another beast which rose out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and it makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. Look at verse 13. It works great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in the sight of men. And by the signs which it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, bidding them make an image for the beast, which was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Look at verse 15. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast should even speak, and to cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now, doesn't that sound like a fearful scripture? It is. In fact, this is one of the most dramatic uh, contexts we have in the entire Bible, and it culminates in verse 18 that says this, This calls for wisdom, 
Let him who has understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. That's all the fanfare about 666. Now, you'll notice first the Bible describes in these verses a lamb-like beast that arises out of the earth near the end of time that becomes a global superpower that eventually commands worship. Now, before we move any further along, I want to make sure we understand what this lamb-like beast is. In Revelation 5, verses 5 and 6, in Revelation 7, 17, who is the lamb in the book of Revelation? Do you know? It's Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Daniel 7, 23, a beast is given the symbolic value of a kingdom. The Bible says, just very simply, the fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth. So a lamb-like beast is a kingdom that arises at the end of time that looks like Jesus Christ. It's a kingdom that has deep Christian roots. It's a kingdom that does not arise out of the great pagan empires of antiquity, but arises out of a solid Christian context. It is a lamb-like beast. In Revelation 13, 11, the lamb-like beast had two horns like a lamb. Now, have you ever had a chance to pet a little lamb? You have? I, I love petting lambs. Something about their fur is just so fun to stick your fingers in and roll it down. If it's a white lamb or black lamb, it doesn't matter. It's a beautiful lamb. And you pet the thing, you can feel the life of this little innocent animal. A lamb is an innocent, docile animal, a right picture of Jesus Christ. Notice here, we have two horns like a lamb. You will notice in the imagery here of the lamb-like beast in Revelation 13, there are no crowns on those horns. Only horns. Now, the ten-horned beast has, has crowns on its horns. Now, we know what crowns represent. Crowns represent monarchies. So, the lamb-like beast is a gentle republic or democracy that has no king that arises before the end of time out of the deep roots of Christianity. It has two horns because its power is divided. Its power to legislate, to create laws, does not come from a single parliament. But it comes from two houses, a senate and a house of representatives. And so you see why deep Bible students have looked at this imagery. And they realize that when we see the lamb-like beast, we are in fact looking at the United States of America in Bible prophecy. Now in verse 12, the Bible says it exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence. So to really understand the lamb-like beast that initiates the mark of the beast in terms of Bible prophecy, we really have to understand this ten-horned beast that comes before the lamb-like beast. Now, this first beast with ten horns that precedes this lamb-like beast is described in Revelation 13 uh, very well. In fact, Revelation 13, 1 through 10, is dedicated to the first beast with ten horns. In a real sense, this first beast comes before the lamb-like beast in time and in its essential description. So, Revelation 13, 1-10 is given to the ten-horned beast, and then Revelation 11, excuse me, 13, 11-18 is dedicated to the lamb-like beast. So we have two solid beasts here in different halves of the chapter. In fact, the first beast has lived out its lifespan and died when the lamb-like beast comes to life in Revelation 13, 11. Now look at verse 3 of Revelation 13 with me. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth followed the beast with wonder. Revelation 13, 10 describes the wound, how this beast, in fact, received its mortal wound. 
It gives us the exact historical event which tells us how this beast's life came to an end in history. If anyone is to be taken captive, where does he go? What does the text say? To where? To captivity he goes. So this beast that has brought God's people into captivity has pictured himself going into captivity. Notice the next phrase. If anyone slays with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. So this beast, which was so active in Revelation 13, making war on the saints, killing them with the sword, itself will experience a political sword-like attack whereby it is wounded and it goes into captivity. It says here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. When this beast is taken out historically, we have an era of freedom which represents relief and a period of prosperity for the saints unlike the period that preceded it. So the first beast is slain or wounded with the sword as the second beast is coming into existence. Now, when did the United States of America come into existence? Come on, tell me. Give me the most famous date in American history. 1776. So sometime around the year 1776, we see a beast going down and we see a beast coming up. Now, so what is this first beast with ten horns? The first beast has at least seven characteristics. I'm going to very briefly go over them with you. Characteristic number one, it arises centuries before the United States of America came into existence. Now, how do we know that? We know that because when a beast is pictured, it doesn't have a lifespan of two weeks. It doesn't have a lifespan of half a day. Beasts have a lifespan of many, many years when they are followed by another beast or another kingdom. And so when you have a beast that is pictured with so many verses in the book of Revelation, we're talking about a fairly large period of time. Characteristic number two, the first beast is a ten-horned beast. Have you ever seen a ten-horned beast? I haven't either. But this is a ten-horned beast. Now, we know that a beast in, in Daniel 7.23 represents a great world empire. Horns represent minor kingdoms that come out of great world empires. When Rome fell, how many of you believe, in fact, Rome did fall? You ever hear of the fall of the Roman Empire? The famous date is 476 A.D. Now, if you were to read J. Barry's Latter Roman Empire, J. Barry would tell you Rome really didn't fall. Rome transitioned from a monarchy ruled by a single emperor to a divided culture. A division of, of lands had been subdued by the Roman Empire with separate kings, but the essential culture and context of Rome was preserved in the Middle Ages. So J. Barry will say it transitioned to a divided kingdom. And that's profoundly important here because when Rome fell, we have immediately about ten kings in place who are ruling in the vacuum of the fallen Roman emperors. Now, heads, as I've said, represent major kingdoms, so the horns represent minor kingdoms. Now look at uh, characteristic number three. The horns have crowns because the nations of Europe during the Middle Ages were ruled by kings. Now, is Europe today ruled by monarchies, yes or no? Not essentially, no. Puppet monarchies, but they don't count. Real kings who rule are gone from Europe. World War I is the transition from the historical monarchies to the modern states that function without kings. That means this beast in Revelation 13 with ten horns is a medieval beast that followed the ancient Roman Empire. Characteristic number four, the beast is a medieval kingdom that commanded worship. And the key word is worship. That means the beast was a union of political kingdoms 
during the Middle Ages under a false religious system that exerted great power in Europe so that the world worshipped the beast. Look, Revelation 13.4, let's just look at that together here. It says, Men worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? Now, it's interesting. God gave all authority to Jesus Christ when he ascended to heaven. He said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. That means the dragon functions as the father in relationship to the beast, which is pictured as the dragon's son. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Today's broadcast is a part of the Genesis series, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's continue now. Here once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. So the beast is not an atheistic beast here. How many of you ever thought, well, you know, the beast is probably some atheistic power that will arise at the end of time that will get Christians, you know, to bow their knee and say, I worship nothing. You ever hear that view out there? I mean, you can see a lot of these fly-by-night films that are trying to say that, but that's not what the Bible is teaching. This beast is a religio-political beast that is in the business of making money, prospering, and, and focusing its power on the advancement of religion and worship. It's not a secular beast. It is a religious beast. Characteristic number five, the beast is allotted a lifespan in the book of Revelation of 1,260 days, representing actual years to function as a persecuting religio-political empire. Now, we know what that is. Verse 5, Revelation 13, says the beast was given 42 months. A biblical month is a lunar month, rounded off of 30 days. 42 times 30, you got the mathematical calculators out there? What is it? 1,260 days, and that's in Revelation 12. We learn that the woman symbolizing the church after the ascension of Jesus Christ is driven by the devil into the wilderness for 1,260 days, representing 1,260 years. The majority of the Middle Ages, the true church, the faithful people of God are being persecuted. They're on the run, just like Israel was when it left Egypt. Christ died at the Passover. Israel left Egypt at the Passover. The church went into the wilderness after the death of Christ at the Passover, just like Israel went into the wilderness after the Passover. And so we see a solid parallel here. This is the time between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ, a large span of over a thousand years when the church is terribly persecuted. And history bears witness that millions of people died in the Middle Ages at the hand of this religio-political power. It's a fact of history. Characteristic number six, it's, the Bible is very clear. In Revelation 13, it says the beast persecuted the saints. It made war on the saints and conquered them. All you have to do is read history, and you will know that this beast exercised butchery in the name of God during the Middle Ages on a scale that is unimaginable. 50 to 200 million people wiped off the face of this planet 
because this power claimed the right to take them and give them final judgment in the name of God. Revelation 13, 7, it was allowed to make war on the saints, to conquer them, and authority was given it over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. The beast claimed universal religious authority. You know, have you ever felt on a Saturday morning when you come to church, it's kind of hard to wake up and get there on time? No, right? Well, sure, we, don't we work hard in the middle of the week? Dear heart, you should fall on your knees every Saturday morning and thank God you can get up early to come to church on time because for over a thousand years people were on the run worshiping in caves, worshiping in the wilderness areas of northern Europe to preserve a knowledge of Christ and to, and to follow the truth as it is in Jesus. What we have today for freedom and prosperity in our country is a tremendous gift of God and dear heart, the day is coming when you will lose that. And you better, you better hang on to that while you have it and cherish it before God. Characteristic number seven. The first beast was taken into captivity as the lamb-like beast representing the United States of America was coming into existence around the year 1776. Look at verse 10. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone slays with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. In the spring of 1798, the French general Berthier marched into Rome and ended the 1260 years of existence of the beast. The power received its seat of authority in the spring of 538, and in the spring of 1798, its leader was taken into captivity, fulfilling Revelation 13:10 to the letter, and Bible prophecy has a, has a way mark. Now, the French Revolution is not some, some simple event that we should just kind of like wink at and move on. The French Revolution is one of those milestone events in human history that has changed the world. Before the French Revolution, we lived in a world that was a union of church and state in which a religious orthodoxy ruled and you could not have the freedom to open a Bible and come to terms with the truth for yourself. After the French Revolution, we live in a secular world which even though that's not good, it has allowed certain freedoms so you, believe it or not, can have the opportunity to worship God. So the, the creation of the modern secular state pushed back this era of persecution and gave the church a chance to breathe so the gospel could go to the world. So the French Revolution essentially killed the first beast. The beast went down in 1798. So when America, the lamb-like beast, is coming into existence in 1776, the first beast has already lived and it has died. So it's gone. So the drama of the mark of the beast, dear heart, now hear what I'm saying, is the drama that resurrects the first beast with ten horns from the dead at the end of time. Revelation 17.3, And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of blasphemous names and it had seven heads and ten horns. Now the woman in Revelation 12 that is pure and bright that you see on the screen there represents that persecuted church of the Middle Ages that was on the run. 
Notice that the woman in Revelation 17 is a harlot. She is riding a beast. And where is that beast at in the the verse? It is in the wilderness. The church had fled into the wilderness to escape the dragon after the ascension of Jesus Christ. And so we now no longer see a woman who is pure and bright, clothed with God's truth. We see a harlot who is still in the wilderness when Jesus Christ is ready to come because the church has sold its soul to the beast and has forgot its true lover, Jesus Christ. She is wed to the beast with ten horns. Now, I thought the beast was dead, though. Pastor Mike, didn't you say that beast went down in 1798? So what in the world is that beast doing here in Revelation chapter 17? Is that a good question? Voila! Not dead anymore at the end of time. That's what's happening here. That beast is back. Now, let me work that out with you here a little bit. Look at verse 7. But the angel said to me, Why marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was, is not, and is to ascend from the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to behold the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. You say, oh, Pastor Mike, that sounds like gobbledygook. Well, it's not. I want you to focus in. It says it calls for a mind with wisdom. How many of you want to get a PhD in God's things? You want a spiritual degree that says you're wise? Okay, focus in. John marvels because the beast has returned in the context from the dead. Now, in the the New Testament, when did the disciples marvel? When Jesus Christ did what on Sunday morning? When he returned from the dead. And so this is a resurrected beast we're looking at in Revelation 17. The beast that went down in chapter 13 is back in chapter 17. But a woman, the church, dominates this kingdom at the end of time. It is a return of what operated in the Middle Ages on a far greater and grander scale than you can imagine. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time for today's message. The beginning of the 666 Fix. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. It's part of the Genesis series, the 666 Fix. You can visit us at the church for the worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock. We'd love to have you there. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. Reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. Reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart.